listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I'm here with Jacob of Xavier Protocols. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? It's good to have you back. The third episode with you now? Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah, yeah. Becoming a regular feature. All right, listeners. So this episode is going to be a little bit different. This is part of a three-episode series that I'm doing that is focusing on content creation for Marvel Crisis Protocol. So what we're talking about would be, for example, like a blog. Um, Jacob is on because he runs, obviously, Xavier Protocol's The Blog. Um, and we're going to kind of talk about some of the background, kind of cover some of those basics and things that might help you if you want to do something like that. So let's just launch right in. Uh, Jacob, Xavier Protocols. Uh, why did you start this project? Okay, so to answer that question, I have to go back in time a little bit to before uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol came out. Um, I was playing a bit of War Machine, trying to get my head around it and get into the game. And there was uh, a blog for my faction, The Retribution, called Phoenix Protocol, uh, which had some, some decent articles and some good writers for it. Uh, and I was more on the hobby side because my uh, modeling skills, I wrote, I wanted to write an article about how to magnetize one of their one of their kits. So I approached one of the guys who was, who was writing the articles and said, hey, I want to write this article. Would you mind if I post it on your blog? So I don't have my own blog. I don't think I can support my own blog. Uh, and he was, yeah, very kind and said, yeah, sure, absolutely. Write an article and we'll, uh, we'll uh, publish it for you. So I, I spent a, quite a while drafting, redrafting, taking photos, putting it all together, getting to grips with the software, uh, and published my first article, and it went down really well. It's uh, something that's still still seen by people on how to how to do this kind of magnetization. Um, but it kind of got me, that was my first experience of blogging in, at all, let alone for, for this hobby. But it meant that I sort of then, over the course of time, I was publishing a few articles I thought were of interest, and I was trying to... Uh, add value where I could, despite the fact I wasn't a particularly high-level player in War Machine. When Marvel Crisis Protocol came out, I wanted something that uh, I wanted to dig into the maths of it. Something a bit like in War Machine, there's kind of a buy or boost website which tells you the maths odds of a particular line of play being effective. Uh, I wanted to know, produce something like that, so I started doing the maths work on it, and as a result, I was coming up with some interesting things like, oh, okay, well, if you look this this Spider-Man's defense, for example, uh, three dice re-roll two, is that better than four dice? Because it's not obvious whether it is or not, but when you actually run the maths, yes, it is a bit better than four dice. So having then discovering these things, I was like, okay, well, I can start writing about this because this is sort of stuff to share while I'm working on this maths program. Uh, and so if you look at my early posts, a lot of them were very orientated towards the the simple maths comparisons. How, how good is Spider-Man's... Uh, spider sense superpower uh which is which is the better attack on captain marvel's uh card is it her strike or her energy blast things like that they're, they're very sort of small um mathematical looking at direct comparisons and then over time it's kind of grown from that kind of oh look at this interesting thing to being a more okay well here's my thoughts on some strategy or here's my thoughts on a particular list build or here's my thoughts on this um and i've been getting some really positive feedback and that's encouraged me to do more so that's that's where it started from and that's where i have got to with the blog currently perfect 
Well, so I'm not sure if you know this about me, but before I ever started podcasting, uh, I started with battle reports where I was writing out battle reports with pictures and I was posting them in the Legion of Everblight forum. And basically I was playing games with a buddy and then I would write up these battle reports and eventually that made me start writing for a website, started to go again with battle reports that eventually grew into podcasting. And eventually I took over that blog for many years. So my background is originally all on the blogging and article side of things. So it's it's kind of at home for me to chat about this <laughs> with you. Good. So I was curious, is there been any specific struggles that you've faced with Xavier protocols? Uh, it's the the main thing was the amount of time it took to get the maths down and the the iterations of look, let's try it this way, let's try it this way, and finding bad ways to do it, bad ways to not do it, in order to then find the good ways to do the maths in the way that meant that I wasn't constantly having to check for errors that were impossible to find. Mm, in, terms yeah, of the, in terms of the actual blogging, it's incredibly simple. Um, we'll, we'll get onto it, but there's a, there's a, n a number of different ways of blogging. Uh, but fundamentally, you write stuff, you put in a picture, you press publish, and then it appears. It's it's really very simple. So in terms of the, the actual mechanics of, of producing a blog, it, it's really straightforward. And as long as you can like use a word processor, you can blog. There is a huge amount of time when I was writing a bunch of articles where I would literally type it up in an email while I was at my desk at work because nobody gives, you know, nobody cares when you're writing an email. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know, depending on what else you potentially have up on your computer screen, there could be I'm like, hey, what are you working on? <laughs> um, but I would write up a bunch of stuff in email and just send it to myself to like later organize into the blog format. And so sometimes that's just what I did with slow time periods at work. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm curious is there anything that you kind of have as goals or like future accomplishments that you want to achieve for your blog? It's really just around growing it and getting it out there. Um, I've seen really quite an exponential growth in terms of the, you get stats on these kind of how many people are looking up which articles and things. Um, so just uh, my current goal is to try and get 20,000 views a month, which I might hit this month. I got 13,000 last month. So 20,000 this month is, is, is achievable. I'm kind of on track for it. Um, so that was, that was a goal of mine. I think it's going to plateau at some point because I think I'm going to reach sort of saturation. I don't know what that's going to be, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, going to keep striving. Well, the more that you have stuff that gets linked to new players and stuff, there's going to be specific articles that, you know, once you make something that other people are like, oh, man, this answers a question that's asked all the time. Check out this article is the easiest way to point someone towards that. that that's that's that the best feeling as well. When somebody who's not me answers a question of a new of uh, someone with, hey, look at this article. Um, that's happened like three times so far. And I've been like, yes, every time. Um, I think the the one that's had the, the most uh, effect of that in the article I've written is the, the rules that are easy to get wrong, which is one of the first ones I wrote, just because there were lots of, in the early days, people were asking lots of rules questions, things like um, climb up versus climb down, things that just weren't kind of intuitive, but were the logical application of the rule book. Nope, that makes sense. Um, I guess one other question about your side of content creation, because mm -hmm. there's obviously point in times where uh, I want to come up with a new episode topic, right? And I want to come up with something interesting. And sometimes I'm not inspired. And I might just like read through conversations and stuff and see if anything hits me where all of a sudden I'm like, 
oh, that makes me think I want to talk about this because I definitely don't want to listen to other podcasts and get inspired because you can often end up (laughs) just tackling a concept that's similar to other podcasts. So I kind of like look at what people are discussing and thinking about and seeing if there's something that's on people's minds that has not been an episode somewhere. Is there any specific strategy that you've used or do you kind of always have more content ideas than what you can write about? A lot of my content ideas come from when I'm thinking about a game or when I'm discussing the game either online or with with somebody locally or with somebody over the internet. And whenever I have an idea, uh, I just go straight to my my blogging app and I just create a new blog draft blog post and I give it a title and like a, a one word a one sentence description of what it's going to be about. And I've just checked and I've currently got 20 of those draft ideas. Now (laughs) (laughs) you've got, you've got some ideas saved up. Yeah. Um, Now some of these of those, some of them will get like merged together because this links with this. And this was like a half article and another half article. And so that can make one article in the future. Some of them morph or change and some of them just get deleted and like, actually, do you know what? I don't think I'm going to write about that. Um, and, you know, I'm looking back here and I've got the oldest one uh, going back is from the 1st of February. Uh, so it's been sitting in there quite a long time and that one hasn't been developed. In fact, that one is just a title. It's just The Price of Leadership. Uh, and I, <laughs> that means something to me and I know what I would write about that. And maybe one day you'll see that one get published. Um, but so it's just a question of whenever I, sometimes I'm just like, well, just stop for a second. And let me just write this quickly. And I'm like, OK, well, here's 10 seconds of me tapping on the phone. Great. I've got an idea. I'll come back to it later and work it up. Well, there's a lot of little questions I want to get into, but since you just brought this up, I'm going to jump ahead to one question that I was going to ask later. Mm -hmm. Do you have any guidelines or suggestions to help someone determine whether two ideas should be combined into one article versus, you know, a couple of smaller articles and kind of rolling into the same question, um, figuring out if a particular topic is too long and should probably be broken up into two articles. So it's interesting. I've been reading a couple of other people's blogs uh, recently and thinking about article length. Um, Now you get stats on this kind of thing. My articles average about 600 words and a lot, some of the articles I'm reading are a lot longer. Now my general feeling is uh, brevity is the soul of wit. Uh, and I'm not trying to be funny with my articles, but that's kind of my guiding principle of don't waffle. Um, you want to be not short, but you want to be concise. You want to be, okay, here is my key idea. This is the idea I am trying to convey. And maybe I'm going to do a little bit of exploring around it, but I'm going to convey this one idea. So for me, one one blog post is one idea. And that might be a, a link of a, a series of articles where I'm going to then take this idea and then turn it and look at it from a slightly different angle. But you've got an idea and you're going to convey that succinctly. I think now that's that, totally fair. Yeah. I think long articles, people drift off. Um, certainly I found I was doing that when I was, I was like, Oh, TLDR (laughs) (laughs) zoom down. Um, It's very, very true. There was a number of times when I was trying to guide people to writing articles and it seemed like people are almost always concerned that it wasn't long enough. And I found almost always error on the side of it being shorter. Like there are very few times where someone presents an article and it's too short, right? Like, well, it's like yeah. two paragraphs. Like you, you need a little bit more information. But I never see that come up. I very rarely see something no. that's too short. But and all the time, I'm seeing stuff like, dude, just break that up into a couple of different articles. Part one, yeah. part two, part three. Like, yeah. 
Or, in fact, that didn't actually link to that. That was just another thought you had and you included it and that should have gone separately. So, um, yeah, have, a, a, so again, that comes back to my, my um, drafting idea. I've got a title and often that title changes and I've got a one-line explanation of that's the idea I'm conveying. Uh, Perfect. Well, let's talk about some other things that people are going to have to consider when they go into potentially, you know, starting their own blog, writing their own articles. First, do you have any thoughts of WordPress versus Squarespace? Um, you know, do you have any suggestions if someone's actually going to go like, hey, I'm just going to start my own blog from scratch, but they need to kind of figure out which to use? Um, I think they're both good programs. Uh, they're both free to start with. Um, and so you can get up and running uh, easily with either of them. Uh, I think WordPress is kind of, it's simpler and less powerful. There is there is less you can do with it. But if you are the kind of person who is just, I just want to write stuff and put in some pictures and just have it go, then you're not going to be using that advanced functionality. Um, so I think WordPress is kind of simpler and kind of lower end and Squarespace is kind of, there's more it can do in the future. If you want to really do crazy stuff with your, with your blog, then maybe that's going to be a better platform for you. Uh, I think the, the thing that made me, well, the thing that made me use WordPress myself is the fact that that was the first blog I ever uh, took part in. They got me in on WordPress. They were using WordPress. So that's, that's the main reason I use it. But looking back and comparing now, if you do want to have your own domain and they're sort of the more advanced features, extra storage space for your, um, for your files and your images, things like that, that's a lot cheaper on WordPress. Um, so you may not start thinking about, okay, this blog is going to cost me money, but if that's somewhere where you want to go, then WordPress, WordPress is cheaper for that. But like I said, if you are that kind of person who wants to go and do fancy things with your blog, maybe you want to look at Squaresoft and look at all the kind of technical things that they can offer because there is a much broader scope on that platform. I think I, I agree with everything that you said there. I have, cause I started off with WordPress and then I was stumbling a little bit the first time I was working in Squarespace um, but I've also learned WordPress often has some more vulnerabilities, which obviously doesn't come up very often in small blogs, but it is still something that you got to think about in the long run um, and backups and things like that, because things go things go wrong with WordPress just a little bit more often, even though it is way easier to use. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think if you're if you're completely new to blogging, I think my recommendation would be to go for WordPress. Makes sense. All right. So. Do you have any thoughts on when posts should be posted over the course of a day and like how often someone should be creating goals for themselves to write if they want to start writing? Okay, I'm going to deal with the second one first. Um, so how often should you blog? And the answer is as often as you have a good idea. Now, personally, I've been trying to keep up a kind of a cadence of three to four articles a week. And just recently, with a little bit of extra time on my hands, that's gone a bit higher than that. But my typical cadence was, you know, three to four, typically a sort of a, a bigger, meatier, better idea, maybe at the weekend. Um, but three to four articles a week is what I was aiming for. Having said that, one a month can be fine if that's if that's you have one thing you want to write about a month and that's the amount of time you have to devote to it. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer to this. It's about how often, how much time you have to devote to it because each of the articles I write takes typically two hours and some of them a lot longer than that. 
if so it's it's about your time commitment that you're prepared to put into it is part it factors into that equation but really it's it's about how often you have something you want to say now i think one thing which is maybe a, a, a niche that someone could use to get into blogging i've seen people who use blogs to sort of hold themselves to account for their own personal goals uh, in terms of games played or development or those kind of things. So, so uh, people like yourself who are very goal orientated might say, right, well, my goal is to play uh, 100 games this year. And that's, that's a really high number. That's two a week. You know, lots of people can't achieve that. But let's say you've set that as your goal. One way of holding yourself to account on that is to then publish a short or a detailed or whatever battle report of each of those games or even just here's the game here's the setup here's the scenario here's the teams we took here's what i learned just even that and just documenting that people are going to find that useful but i think you shouldn't be writing a blog for other people when i started it was about crystallizing ideas and it was to an extent it was sharing information was the idea but as it became more tactical, it's more about, okay, well, this is a way of me having a train of thought, which leads to maybe a conclusion, which helps me as a player. And maybe it helps other people too. I think you have some really great examples in there. And it kind of got me into another question in my mind. Where would you say the kind of cutoff would be as to whether maybe you should write for an existing blog versus starting your own? Obviously you're doing like three articles a week. That's definitely like, if you're producing that much content, I would want to be in control of it and have my own blog, and I think it's worth that additional effort. Now, if you're only planning on doing maybe one a month, like it's going to be hard to get consistent traffic to one spot that only has your one article per month. And so I think in that route, you may want to you know do something like reach out to Jacob and see if he wants some guests guest articles on his blog. Yeah, which but you uh, have like... Absolutely, yeah, do come and hit me up on that. I'm always willing to listen. Um, but it, it depends what you want out of it. Uh, I think it's enough to say, I'm going to write one good blog a month, and maybe it's not going to have the reach of having a regular uh, regular spot, uh, having a regular output. But I'm going to produce quant uh, content that I think is good quality and I think is, is meaningful and purposeful, and some people will read it. But like I said, when I started this, to an extent it was to share with other people um but uh, like i say a lot of it is about it's for me i think i get a lot out of doing this and i think it's making me a better player because of the way it's making me think critically and justify my rationale no nope, that makes sense all right so we've already kind of talked about length of others um, do you have any guidelines for people when you need to like provide credit to someone? This could be for images, like crediting the comic book or the artist that you borrowed an image from for the article and crediting people were maybe part of the inspiration from the article came from someone, something that mm. someone was talking about. Do you have any thoughts on that side of thing? Because that that always ended up being a wonky one for me when I was writing articles, not realizing everything that went into probably should be crediting people for pictures and stuff like that yeah um i think uh, linking to places where you can access the original is is the key thing so um if you've got ideas uh, and, and putting it early and clear um so early in the article don't squirrel it away at the bottom if, you, if someone's given you a great idea 
I, I tend to put it in the first paragraph. If someone's like the um, a great example is the uh, the turn one herb Wakanda play with Hella. I was trying to puzzle that out, uh, and there was someone on Discord who was like, "Oh, I figured it out," and I was like, "Tell me, wonderful!" And it was Raymond from uh, Columbus or something. Uh, and he so it's the first line in that article is Raymond from Columbus has come up with this great idea. I'm now sharing with you. Um, and approach that person says you ha- are you happy for me to share this idea how would you like me to uh, to name you or to you know credit you on this and make sure that they're happy because I could have it was over discord he might have wanted his discord name used rather than his real world name um, so talk to the people who have inspired you and uh, then make sure you're linking to their content they're producing or you uh, th- that, that's been my approach yeah, I think it's I think it's generally good to err on the side of crediting people. You'll notice even in the podcast, there'll be times where I'm referencing like, oh, I thought Pat from Across the Bifrost made a really good point, and this is what he said, and I really mm. liked that. And you notice that like all of us have kind of done that to each other. We, you know, I've referenced them, they've referenced me, we've both referenced recalibration matrix, we've referenced mm. your articles. It's always good to make sure that when you're talking about something or writing about something like even if it's just talking about say one of your articles and someone else was writing an article and say hey if you make a point at somewhere in there and that point was based off of say one of jacob's articles you might want to just go if you want more about this jacob wrote about it here's the link and you can just kind of like stick that in all that kind of cross stuff is always always fantastic do you have any outside of the stuff that we've already mentioned? Has there been stuff that's come to mind where you just think these are good tips to get out for people that are either wanting to start the blog or trying to figure out how to set their goals for it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, images are really important. Um, Again, totally. you focus on on the things you are writing, and the text is is got the key ideas in it. But just for uh, catching attention, you'll notice everything on Xavier Protocols has got at least one image, which is also when you know, when you're linking it in uh, Discord or you're linking it in Facebook groups or in Reddit, that image is the one that's carried forward with it and sort of draws draws the eye a bit, and maybe it, um, occasionally brings a wry smile. Uh, but images and having that, maybe if you've got a longer article, breaking it up uh, as well can be useful with a, a little bit of levity maybe, or then appropriate uses of diagrams to illustrate your point. So if you're talking about positioning or something, then a blog is great because it's a visual format. So you can include pictures which show, okay, well, I can see if I put this uh, short move here and then arrange two here, then you can show it. That's how I'm positioning my, my uh, piece to make sure that I'm in range with this superpower. Correct use of images, I think. You really want to think about not overloading it, but just, just the right amount, that kind of Goldilocks zone of images. Oh, for sure. And I think especially if you have painted models, I think it's really easy if you're hitting a point like where you're going to write an article about Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight. I'm thinking about them because they're on my desk at the moment. Take some pictures of them. Just put them on a table and Mm. snap some pictures from some different angles. And you can use something like that to break up the articles as well. And then you're using your own pictures and the average cell phone takes pretty solid pictures anyway. And if you're doing something like a battle report, it's almost like more pictures, the better, like take pictures almost as often as you can. If you have extra, great. You don't have to use them. 
Um, I think the same thing applies with a painting guide or something like that. Take lots and lots of pictures because you yeah. will almost certainly get asked about some random step and you're just like, well, I didn't post the picture for that, but I could still show it to you. Um, and that makes for good interaction. So, yeah, I think bringing up adding pictures to the written format breaks it up and adds a visual aspect and makes it just overall more enjoyable. Uh, just on that, uh, I... I want to respect uh, AMG's intellectual property. And so I approached them about, because they have this policy in their Facebook group about uh, use of whole card images. And I approached them and said, okay, well, let me just clarify on this because it talked about any images not coming from AMG. So I was like, okay, well, what about if you've spoiled it on a stream, can I then use a, a screenshot of that image? they would prefer that whole card images are not used. Now, there's there's nothing illegal about using a whole card image that you've screen capped off, uh, off one of their streams, but uh, I've taken the conscious decision to uh, include, to not include whole card images. If I'm referencing a particular superpower, like uh, Hulk's, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, maybe I will have that particular superpower, just that one bit of the card on my site, but, and they are happy with that. They um, think that is a, a good thing to include on a, on a tactics article. And so they're very happy for bits of card to be included. But uh, like I say, a whole card, what they're trying to do is avoid the ability for people to play the game without buying their product. And I can totally see where they're coming from. And so I'm respecting that uh, intention when I'm writing my content. That makes sense. I think on that same note, um... I would every once in a while spoilers go around I and mean, I'm talking about unofficial spoilers. I would just generally avoid writing articles about that stuff. If they spoil it on a stream or they post it on their Instagram account, talk about it, write about it. Great. But in general, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do yeah. stuff about unreleased stuff that only got spoiled unofficially. I would yeah. just, it's just not good. Don't, that's my personal opinion. That doesn't have to be Jacob's opinion, but... Well, no, it is Jacob's opinion. Uh, I saw Rocket and Groot's card about three weeks before the official spoilers went live, and I just went, okay, that's, that's good. I know about that. I'm going to start thinking about that, but it's not something I wrote about. Um, and also, when the recent spoilers went up, sort of the um, uh, Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight, what I did there was I linked to the Twitter feed or to the Facebook post or to the Instagram post so that rather than me hosting an image, if uh, if AMG wants to take that down at some point, then my link will break and it won't work, and they are in control of that image. So that's the way I approached it. Perfect. Nope, I like that as well. All right, well, I think we've covered the basics. So listeners, if you are interested in creating a blog or maybe wanting to start um, posting some articles yourself, um, obviously there may be some other blogs out there, but honestly, Xavier Protocols is the only one I can think of off the top of my head that is... Well, I'll, I'll give a shout out then uh, to Inspiring Monologue. Uh, Inspiring Monologue is another oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. blog. Uh, he's written some really good rules articles, just clarifying things like how throws work and how line of sight work. Uh, and he's got a load of articles up there, which are kind of a primer for a new character. So every time a new character comes out, he's, he breaks down exactly how their card works, um, which it's... Uh, a really good niche, particularly if you're newer to the game and you're just starting into it and you don't own all, all these characters. If you want a breakdown, then, then absolutely go to David's site on Inspiring Monologue. Um, so I'll give that one. A, that, that's another one I'm aware of. I have seen one or two others. I know the Turn Zero Gaming guys write occasional blog articles as well as having their podcast on their stream. So they've written one or two bits. 
Uh, and there's one other that I've seen who's guested on like a, a broader uh, wargaming website and he's guested a couple of articles on there. That one escapes me the name of that one just right now. So there are a few others out there. Yeah, I figured there were, but uh, yours yours is definitely the one that stands out to me. Like three three articles a week is a lot. Like that's actually very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, so, so uh, this is just something that I wanted to share. Um, this is a, a sort of an internet meme, I think. Um, but uh, just to try and inspire people, and it doesn't sound like it's inspiring to start with. But this is something which inspired me to to start doing things. Uh, it's your first podcast will be awful. Your first video will be awful. Your first article will be awful. Your first art will be awful. Your first photo will be awful. Your first game will be awful. But you can't make your 50th without making your first. So get it over with and make it. I have seen that before, and I 100% agree. So if you're thinking, oh, should I start a blog? Should I do this? I've got this kind of idea. Just do it. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? No one's going to read it. And okay, even then, it's been good for you. That kind of creative process, I find really rewarding. And I will also add, it's worth sharing most of the time. Like every once in a while, you're going to write something or record something or create something, and it will just actually be bad. And you're like, nope. We're... <laughs> but most of the time, I would err on the side of releasing the content because I've released podcasts in the past where I'm like, I think this is an awful episode. And I've had people message me afterwards and say that was the fa my like their favorite episode that I've ever done. And I'm like, uh, okay. Um, and so it's really just important to get it out there. And there are certain things that you don't learn until something is public, either through feedback or you'll learn about things from the technical side, about how people interact with it. So sometimes it's just good to release the content, learn what you learn, be willing to make mistakes and not be perfect and move on and get better at the next thing. Um, obviously, even writing an article and not releasing it is still helpful to you. It still gives you practice, but you mm -hmm. can learn even more by releasing it and learning from that experience as well. And the other thing to say is uh, not just me, but anyone who makes something, if you enjoyed it, just shoot them a message and say, that was really cool. I like that. Or, hey, have you thought about doing this next time if you think you've got a way of improving it? That feedback is is really useful. And a lot of people think things but don't say them. And just, just say them. People will generally take criticism well as long as it's phrased constructively. Uh, and people love just to hear, yeah, that, that was cool. Thanks for doing that. Absolutely agree. Uh, any good feedback that you can give? I would say when you're reading or listening to somebody's stuff, I just usually ask a polite question like, did you want constructive criticism on this? And sometimes people are just going to be honest with you and be like, no, I just, it is what it is. And, <laughs> and that's fine. Um, but if you ask something like that and then phrase it well, you usually even negative feedback that can be used positively will be beneficial. So man, Jacob, I'm really excited for this art, this episode series to get out there. I almost said article series. You got me thinking about articles <laughs> so much. Well, you're uh, very welcome to guest on the blog. I will probably have to write something at some point. I've got I got some more ideas and lots of time at home, but all right. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for coming on and helping me with this episode. It's always good to talk nerd stuff with you. Yeah, no, it's lots of fun. And we'll have to do our next, uh, you know, tactical episode very soon. But all right, listeners, well, this wraps up our Omnis Protocol content creation blogging episode. Um, but, you know, you could still go create a blog, have some excellent articles about tactics or painting and have your readers look at it and go, man, that was just too OP. <laughs> <laughs>